Listener Production. It is the court case that the whole world seems to be talking about. Uh, if you haven't seen this in your social media feeds, I would wager a bet you're in the minority. It's the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard court case. So for those that don't have it in their feed, basically Depp is suing Heard for $50 million for an article she wrote in the Washington Post suggesting she'd been the victim of domestic violence. Now, she didn't name Depp in that article, but it left little doubt who she was talking about. Yeah, so the other element of this is that she is counter-suing him for $100 million for the alleged abuse. And while all this is going down, it's playing out live on the internet because there are cameras in the courtroom. The big difference today is that we have social media, which is in real time dissecting every move of this case, every facial expression, body language, anything that one of the lawyers says that may come across as a misstep or a mistake. More on the Johnny Depp Amber Heard court case in today's briefing. I am Jan Fran. I'm joined by Annika Smethurst. And today is Thursday, the 12th of May. Before we get to that, though, as always, the headlines. Scott Morrison and Anthony Albanese went head-to-head overnight for the third and final leaders' debate on Seven, with just over a week before we go to the polls. Yeah, so the big issues here that dominated were wages, cost of living. I must say, though, Annika, I was very pleased to see it was a much calmer affair this time round than what the last debate was. <laughs> yeah, I think you got a little bit more out of them. In terms of answers, without that, uh, I guess, cap on time, Albanese continued to defend his support of a minimum wage rise at 5.1%, which is in line with inflation. What we have said throughout this campaign is that we don't want people to be left behind. If the increase is less than the inflation rate, then what that means is they'll be getting a real wage cut. Mm -hmm. And, and they deserve better than that. Yeah, so the two leaders have been going back and forth this week about wage rises. Scott Morrison has been criticising Labor, saying that if you were to raise wages to match with inflation, it would drive up the cost of living. If you have wages that rise at 5.1%, which is exactly what Mr Albanese said yesterday, that means that can feed into inflation, which pushes up interest rates and pushes up the cost of living even more. Now, according to 160 undecided voters from marginal seats who were in the room, they gave it to Albanese. Labor had 50% of the vote, Morrison 34%, and 16% were still undecided after seeing that last night. Yeah, there are a bunch of people also, I mean, we talk about the pub test in all of this. I think they tried to make it a literal pub test almost because there are a bunch of people watching from pubs and hotels uh, in, in marginal seats uh, right around the country. Meantime, a News Corp YouGov poll is out and it shows Labor winning government with a majority of 80 seats in Parliament. This was if an election were held today. It was based on a sample size of almost 19,000 voters across all seats across Australia. Now, the coalition would be reduced to 63 seats if the election was to be held today, with the Greens having won and around seven independents, which is actually not many more than there currently are. Yeah, I mean, if it was, you know, replicated, if this was replicated on, on May the 21st, it means a hung parliament is very unlikely. But I don't know. I'm just very sceptical of polls, 
Annika, and, and <laughs> this poll has the coalition failing to win any seats from Labor, um, you know, despite there being some hope in, in marginal electorates for the coalition. So I'm not, uh, I'm taking this one with a pinch of salt. Don't know if I'm yeah, right to do that. Yeah, I think we should, after the last election, after Brexit, after Trump, we should always take polls with a pinch of salt, maybe a big pinch. But I do think these things are interesting uh, and it definitely has a few people worried, including the member for Kuyong and Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, who's one of the seats that's looking a little in trouble. And staying with the third leader's debate, it was also revealed that Education Minister Alan Tudge, who sort of has been a bit MIA this election campaign, will actually be returning to the role and returning to Cabinet if the Coalition is re-elected. The idea that we don't know who the Education Minister, Alan Tudge... It will be Alan Tudge. Al- He's it conf- will be Alan, Alan Tudge. Alan has advised but after that the he election... Would, yes, he would be happy to come clear. back and serve in the Ministry and I welcome that. Now, Tudge was stood aside at the end of 2021 when Scott Morrison launched an investigation into claims from one of his former staffers that Alan Tudge was emotionally and on one occasion physically abusive to her. Yeah, now he has denied the allegations, um, we should say, and the investigation didn't find that he breached ministerial standards. However... Um, he did not return to the front bench. So there were serious questions um, around his future. Now, during the debate, Scott Morrison was asked about a $500,000 payment that was made to Alan Tudge's former media advisor, Rochelle Miller. Um, That is the person with whom he allegedly had an emotionally and physically abusive relationship with. The PM did avoid commentary though. He said that the payment hadn't been settled yet and that was that. He couldn't really comment on it any further. He did say he never approved of office relationships, that that was not something he was down with. And yet Tudge is coming back, so that's interesting. Actor Craig McLaughlin will be back in the witness stand today in his defamation trial. The Gold Logie winning actor is suing actress Christy Whelan-Brown, the ABC and Nine over stories published back in 2018. Yeah, so yesterday McLaughlin broke down on the stand revealing um, that he was admitted to a mental health facility after the story was published. He says that he hasn't worked since, telling the court that the reports damaged his reputation, that they caused him a lot of social anxiety and, and he feared leaving his house. The trial is expected to hear from 11 women who work with McLaughlin on the Rocky Horror Show and TV shows including the Dr Blake Mysteries. To overseas news now, and the UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson has signed a security pact with Sweden, pledging support if the Nordic country comes under attack. It's an agreement that brings our two countries even closer together. It will allow us to share more intelligence, bolster our military exercises and further our joint development of technology. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson speaking there. Now, Finland and the UK have signed a similar pact. Both Sweden and Finland have historically stayed neutral in these sort of things. But following Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, both countries are considering now joining NATO, with opinion polls showing the citizens are really in favour of that. Yeah, if the countries join NATO, um, Russia has threatened retaliation, most likely in the form of cyber and disinformation campaigns. And Western Australia is in the grip of an Omicron wave, clocking the highest number of cases since the start of the pandemic. Yesterday, WA recorded 17,000 cases. Um, This is more than any state in Australia. Just to give you a bit of a comparison, Victoria 
had recorded around 14,000 new cases, while New South Wales had approximately 12,000. Now, the Australian Medical Association is calling for a reintroduction of mask mandates. I am begging the McGowan government to reintroduce masks. For the Premier not to reintroduce some restrictions at this stage may be unforgivable. Dr Mark Duncan-Smith from the AMA there, also warning that the health system could be overrun within a week. For now, WA Premier Mark McGowan is staying the course and is not reintroducing masks. Not at this point in time. We don't rule it out in the future. Yeah, just to give you an indication of um, how many people are in hospital in WA with the virus, it's currently 275 uh, and there are seven in ICU. That's the headlines. Coming up, Antoinette joins me as we take a deep dive on that Johnny Depp Amber Herb defamation trial. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. The Hollywood actors embroiled in a bitter court battle and it's all playing out like a pretty disturbing film, except both sides of the dispute argue that it's their character that's the victim, not the bad guy. If you're wondering how it all began, Depp is suing his former wife for $50 million, alleging that she defamed him in an article she wrote a few years ago for the Washington Post. Now, although she didn't name names, Heard wrote about being a domestic abuse survivor and Depp's lawyers say it's clear who she was talking about and that that has ruined his reputation. Depp also tried and failed to sue the Sun newspaper for an article that called him a wife beater. So in the current trial, both Depp and Heard have leaked phone calls and video footage of their very tumultuous relationship. Were you in here? No. Nothing happened to you. But I did not punch you. I did not deck you. I was hitting you. In the United States, cameras are allowed into courtrooms to broadcast every moment, including the tears and the tantrums. It's a bit of a trial by TikTok, this one, as fans furiously take sides with either herd or dip. Now, the response to this trial also raises questions about attitudes towards domestic violence and victim blaming. Tatiana Siegel is a senior writer for Rolling Stone and she's been following this case closely. Tatiana, the allegations aired in court have been pretty incredible, but this is a civil case, not a criminal one. What have we heard so far in the trial? We have heard some of the most disturbing and salacious allegations from both sides, but uh, particularly Amber's side where she has accused Johnny of sexual assault on multiple occasions and she's also accused him of domestic violence on multiple occasions, slapping, punching or hitting, whacking her face. Some of the sexual assault allegations, very disturbing. On the flip side, Johnny Depp has accused Amber Heard of multiple instances of domestic violence where she hit him. Um, And there was also testimony by one of the bodyguards who said he witnessed her punching him right in the face. So those are kind of the most uh, headline grabbing. But then there's just also a lot of drug allegations, both sides accusing the other of having done drugs repeatedly, that kind of thing. Given both sides are making these claims against each other. Is there been many third party witnesses and where have they sort of, I guess, landed on some of these allegations? 
so far we've only seen Johnny Depp's witnesses um, because Johnny Depp's side has put forward close to 30 witnesses, I believe, many who testified that they never saw Johnny be violent with Amber or any other woman, including his sister, several bodyguards, you know, mostly people who were in his circle. So some people can say, well, they are people who are loyal to Johnny Depp. But you also had a very compelling witness in a uh, therapist or a, a psychologist who had assessed Amber Heard for this trial. And she diagnosed Amber with a borderline personality disorder and narcissistic personality disorder. So, so far we've seen many of the Johnny Depp witnesses who have backed up also some of his allegations that Amber had been violent towards him. On Amber's side, we have only seen Amber and one other witness, which is a competing psychologist or psychiatric professional. That psychiatric professional testified that Amber had PTSD, which she had as a result of sustaining violence by Johnny Depp. Now, the court is on a break at the moment, but what has the jury been asked to decide and what are we expected to hear when it resumes? They will hear many more witnesses, presumably from Amber Heard's side, and they will have to sift through this testimony and decide who is more credible here and who seems to be telling the truth. And it's a real high stakes situation because Johnny Depp is suing Amber Heard for $50 million and she is countersuing him for $100 million. And both of their careers could be impacted greatly because, you know, whoever wins here, if there is a winner, they can say, you know, a court has ruled in my favor. This is something that is very compelling to people in the industry where they both work in Hollywood, it'll have a lot of weight. Now that said, I think to some extent, Johnny Depp has already sort of won in the sense that he got this trial to be televised. I wanted to ask about that because broadcasting trials is something we don't do in Australia. In some cases, when a judge gives down a sentence, then we'll hear from the judge, but we don't see everything that has played out. Have we ever seen a case that has played out not only in the court like this and on on television, but also on social media? No, not that I can think of. I thought you were about to ask, have we seen one that's been televised like this? And I would say, oh, yes, famously the O.J. Simpson case, which which everybody watched, you Mm. know, unfold in real time. Now, the big difference today is that we have social media, which is in real time, dissecting every move of this case, every facial expression, body language, anything that one of the lawyers says that may come across as a misstep or a mistake. So it's been really interesting to see the social media component of this case and how powerful it is. And you do have to wonder, will it affect the jury, even though they have been very firmly instructed not to pay any attention to any of those things. But, you know, it's almost impossible in today's day and age to not have, um, you know, sometimes messages pop up on your phone that you didn't even want to see. 
in the TikTok court, it's very much um, piling on Amber Heard. She's coming out of this pretty badly if you were to go to the social media jury. Thankfully, we're not at that point in society yet, but it has been astounding how much more and how much bigger the numbers are in terms of if you, I did a story where we looked at the actual numbers on justice for Johnny Depp hashtags on TikTok versus I stand with Amber Heard. And Johnny Depp's views were in the billions and Amber Heard's were in the millions. It was just a astronomical gap between the two. In this post Me Too world, a lot of people thought that more weight would be given to Amber Heard's story and to tell about her alleged abuse. Why do you think that isn't the case? Is it just because he is, you know, on paper a more famous actor and has a sort of bigger career behind him? Or do you think that people are actually engaging with what's being said in court? I do think people are engaging with what's being said in court. And I think that objectively, he seemed to do very well on the stand. He spoke in a way that seemed natural. And I think people who may have been skeptical when they heard him talk about his abuse that he sustained and endured allegedly at the hands of Amber Heard, that that may have made people think at a minimum that there might be two sides to this story. So I do think that having it televised has been probably the biggest upside for him. Depp is perhaps more well-known of the two. He's older. He's had a bigger, longer career. But he hasn't really had a hit in the past decade. So how much do you think that's tied to behaviour? Not necessarily this case, of course, but he's had some financial troubles. And there has been sort of a bubbling along of stories about some of his behaviour. So do you think that that is the reason Hollywood have perhaps turned away from him a bit? That's a great question. There was a witness for Depp who worked on his financial team, or he was a lawyer. He he was somebody who was aware of the contracts of, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean 6 or whatever. And he said, Hollywood will put up with divas and drugs, but not sexual abuse or domestic violence. And anymore. that is really... Anymore. Anymore. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. Because it certainly probably did... But for a well long time. before, but yeah. for a long time. But um, yeah, like I think that the being late to set and drugs and all that, it's harder to ensure an actor who or an actress who has become a public figure for being involved with drugs. And we've seen over the years, certain actors and actresses had to go through a lot of hoops to get insured for a big movie. I remember Courtney Love was somebody who had to get like extra insurance to do a movie. Mm. And same with Robert Downey Jr. in whatever movie he did after some of his more publicly, um, you know, he went to jail at some point for drugs. So it is something that Hollywood will overlook or understand to a certain extent. But domestic violence and sexual assault, definitely not anymore, not post-2017. Irrespective of how the court case goes and who wins, a lot of damage has been done reputationally. But is it still fair to say that Amber Heard's probably likely to be worst affected? Because historically, women who aren't model citizens don't get as many second chances. Well, I think the 
we'll have to see how it goes with Amber, but I would say why she has been hurt in this particular trial more than everything she has faced up until this point is that she sort of never had her story be put before a jury and allegations about her put before a jury. So the UK case, it was like nobody was asking about hey, did Amber ever engage in a physical fight with Johnny? So this is the first time like she's really having a lot of shade thrown her way. And it remains to be seen whether it affects her ability to get work in the future. And I think the verdict will be a big key determining factor. And it's really brought up this conversation about mutual abuse. Do you think there's been compelling evidence from both sides that there was violence in this marriage? You know, you've been observing it up close. How do you feel about, I guess, what you've heard? I would say so far that um, there has definitely been compelling evidence given on both sides. However, I would like to reserve judgment until the very end because I would like to see what kinds of people could possibly corroborate Amber Heard's testimony. So I'm kind of waiting until the very end before I sort of make my own kind of internal opinion on how Mm -hmm. I think this went. But so far, I would say it has been at a very minimum, very compelling and just a very compelling window into a, a very toxic relationship. That was Tatiana Siegel, a Rolling Stone journalist. She's no doubt, um, Annika, relief for a bit of a week break because when the trial continues, it's going to be, uh, no doubt, continue to be wild and dominating the headlines. Yeah, I've heard some incredible evidence and seen it, which is, you know, being taken into the courtroom in that way. Look, I think um, neither of these two are going to remain unscathed at the end of this, given what we're seeing so far. That's it for today's briefing, but join us tomorrow where we talk about people who are maybe the political black sheep of the family. Is that you? Do you vote differently to everyone else in your household? Join us then. Listener.